We should get a catchphrase. I have a catchphrase. Okay. Wait, do you have a catchphrase? You never have any catchphrases. Well, I try to think, well, last time I thought of one, it was not that good. So I decided to give up. Why? Because it wasn't that good. If it gets going, it gets tough. <laughs> I give up. Stop immediately. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's like 90% of comic creators. Uh, and if, if that's you and you're listening, you're not alone. Eric is with you. Yeah. Well, see, unlike Kavanaugh, I know the meaning of the word stop. I, I don't know if I understand that reference. The Supreme Court judge, Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. The husband of the lady who busted in all those people. Never mind. No. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? You know, you know, hey, Brett Kavanaugh, he's the guy that got like nominated but was accused of, you know, like assaulting a, a girl, a woman. This has to be our worst intro of all time. <laughs> I mean, it, there's no, this doesn't even take the cake. There's there's no no intro that we've ever done. That Brett comes Kavanaugh. Out. He was yeah. nominated for the. Why are you talking about Brett Kavanaugh? Because he assaulted a woman and he said, "quote on Saturday Night Live, I don't know the meaning of the word stop." I said, "Unlike Brett Kavanaugh, I do know the meaning of the word stop." Who would get that reference? In? Everybody who knows Brett Kavanaugh. So a judge went see, on SNL and no, said, I, "I don't know the meaning of the Matt word stop." Matt Damon portraying. Brett Kavanaugh. Why didn't you just say Matt Damon? Because Matt Damon said that as a character. Like, you don't say like, you know, remember when Matt Damon So Brett Kavanaugh never even said angel? the thing that you just quoted him as saying. But yeah, no, he got accused of that. He's like, just... And that's what quote he's saying. Because he assaulted a woman. Pretty much he like again. I hit. hate this intro. This what intro happened is... to you this week that made you this way? Nothing. I just said something. I quoted somebody, and then you're like, I don't understand quotes. I'm like, you see, this is why I don't come up with catchphrases because anything I come up with just goes over your head, and I've given up. Because like Brett, unlike Brett Kavanaugh, I knew the meaning of the word stop and stopped when I realized it was going to go over your head, so I stopped doing the. I mean, beyond the fact that it went over my head, it was also very extremely dark and not that, like, I mean, yes, not appropriate for a comic book. Intro. That's why I don't do intros because my intros make people depressed and depressed people stop. Yes, I think maybe I should just keep coming up with it with catchphrases until we get one. Okay. I think that was the moral of this intro. Yes. Okay. Uh, Cool. Who are we? We are the dumb comic creators. I'm Keegan Shiner, and I'm, I'm joined Eric with Schwartz. by Eric Schwartz. And I don't know if you get to talk anymore during this. I intro. talk. Just, just. Chill. I use my just words. Just chill. Calm down. Take a sip of Fresca. Uh, today we're joined by Michael Penick. He is a comic book writer, artist, writer, writer. Both. Creator. Uh, created and written by Michael Penick. Uh, and he did a comic called Recovery Incorporated. Yep. Cool. Uh, and so thanks for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. That's the part Eric usually do, does. So that's why I buff, botched it. But uh, he's no longer allowed to speak, though. No, he is now. Now that we're in the interview <laughs> portion, it, it's cool. Yeah, I just wanted so to get out without talking about more like a song. I think it's. I think his catchphrase should be, all my catchphrases go over your head. I think that's a winner of a catchphrase, Keegan. <laughs> Too bad you didn't come up with it, Eric. I, I, you're right. I did not come up with it. I can't take credit for it. Yeah. 
wasn't mine. Yeah, and we, <laughs> we can't use that legally because uh, one day you may decide to sue us. So you can have it. It's all yours. Uh, <clears throat> I'll sign paperwork. Okay, uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll have our lawyers call your people. Okay. Uh, cool. So, Michael, how'd you get interested in making comics? Mm, good question. Um, uh, let's see. I will say that uh, my friend Peter took me to a comic book specialty store when I was 16. I sort of knew about comics before then, but when when he took me to a specialty store for the first time ever when I was 16, walking through that door was like entering nirvana. It was like whoa and that was that was it i was forever changed after that moment oh cool well, do you remember the name of the store oh man um i don't maybe okay. later on it'll come to me and i'll just blurt it out in the middle of the show <laughs> where was it was it in illinois no yeah. it was uh i was living in the uh suburbs of dallas at the time so it was oh, some okay. it was some comic book store that was right close to between Plano and Richardson, Texas. Uh, okay. So for anybody who knows, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can chime in and let me know what it was. And <laughs> if it sounds familiar, I'll say, yes, that was it. What makes oh, cool. a comic book store a specialty comic book store? Because like I worked at a comic book store, but I don't know if there's... It was well, that, that was it. The, there, fact, but... the fact that it was a comic book store, I didn't know that there were comic book stores. I oh, mean, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I, you know, from when I was a kid, you'd there were still bookstores <laughs> well bookstores or or you could see there was like a spinner rack and in, in the oh yeah 7-eleven okay. or yeah, grocery yeah. store yeah. you know those things that's the only place i ever discovered comics so i didn't know there was such a thing as a comic book store until my friend took me to one oh, cool. and i've been poor ever since <laughs> yeah yeah what are your favorite series now yeah Oh my gosh! And I, I don't, I don't get to read uh, nearly as much as I used to. Um, I'm trying to create rather than read, you know. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, oh Pete, I don't even know what I'm reading. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> a, a, fr a friend of mine, uh, Tim Larson, has got a. Uh, he's about to launch a Kickstarter for the issue three of his series Mayfield Eight. Um, okay. the first two issues of that, I love, I, I loving it to death. Um, so I'll plug that for Tim. Um, I'm loving the heck out of that. Uh, that's really eight. good. Okay. Um, what else? I don't know. You know what? I, I started a few years back. I started reading, um, Blade of the Immortal and I got like, I don't know, maybe 15 volumes in and I realized okay, this thing's going on forever. I'm going to stop and wait until it's done. So I waited and I have like all, what is it, 31 volumes or something. So oh, wow. at some point I have to uh, get back. I'm going to start all over again and read that whole thing from the beginning. Oh, cool. I've so not heard of that. that. Eric, have you heard of that one? I am not. It's. Uh, I'm looking at it right now though. So manga, it looks like there's a film based made off of it too though as well. Oh, have they made a film of it? I've got, yeah. yeah, I've got them all right over here. Um, let's see, where's the very first? Yeah. Uh, this is great audio. I'm loving it. 
so like there's the very first oh volume. Cool. cool i think that's the very first volume i mean the artwork looks awesome yeah that's the first or the second volume i don't know i'm i'm a i'm a terrible comic book collector because i'll put two volumes in one bag <laughs> oh wow i oh. was worse when i first collected comics i just put them i put the entire like eight runs and like one so like <laughs> I mean, I'll do this I, is a story arc. This is good. I do that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so I have a hard-hitting question for you. Yeah. You have much beard power. How long has that beard been growing for? Well, I I do trim it. <laughs> I mean, it looks like, it looks like well groomed. I know I didn't. You didn't come up here and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's Alan Moore again. But no, you look like a well groomed man. But your beard seems you have very much strong beard power. Strong well, both Keegan and I combined. No, you. I can see your. I can see yours. You. You could. You have strong beard power. You have stronger beard power than I do, actually. <laughs> I disagree. My, with my, I only have a goatee because my my. I used to be able to grow a strong beard, but um, as I've gotten older, the side of my face has given up. It's it's decided to get out of the game. So so um, my goatee is the best I can manage anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my face doesn't play beard games. <laughs> it, it never entered the arena, really. So, Keegan, yeah, you're kind of lucky. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about shaving that much, because believe me, that's a pain in the butt. No, I don't. I just got one of those electric razors, and I just run yeah. that every other day. Sometimes. See, that's really. Yeah. That's kind of nice. <laughs> hey, Keegan. So, is your beard not like Brett Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh and that nose meaning the word stop? I, I have no idea what you're talking about, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I think you mean Matt Damon. So let's continue with the let's interview. Continue, let's do the interview. <laughs> uh, Michael, tell us about a little bit about your project, Recovery Incorporated. Well, let's see. Uh, Mia Raven is a um, woman who had a bad childhood um she comes from a bad past but she doesn't want to be bad so um she eventually was able to become a police officer uh, and she made it to detective level and um she was assigned to robbery where she had a partner named dennis and um she was good at it but what she found was that her personality doesn't do very well playing by the rules uh she cares more about solving the pro. She cares more about um, solving the crime and 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 doing whatever it takes to to solve the problems than she does playing by all the rules. Right. So uh, she didn't last very long as a detective because she's not good at playing by the rules. So she figured out a way to uh, be able to work do the job, but her way. So she, she um, now is like an independent contractor where she works for insurance companies. Um, and she, it's like a high risk, high reward kind of job where she will find um, stolen objects for a percentage of the value of the object so that the insurance companies don't have to pay out on the on the policies uh 
Oh, cool. Okay, so she works for the insurance companies. It's, for the most part, yeah, as an independent oh, okay. contractor, yeah. Okay, so she not directly for the people that the items are stolen from? Sometimes she'll work for, for the people that the um, items belong to. It depends on how they, they come to her. Sometimes she'll work We're not for the talking people. about like pianos that go missing. We're talking about like millions of dollars worth of merchandise, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's very it's very much um, in, inspired by. Uh, do you remember the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair that had Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo in it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's very much based on Rene Russo's character, Catherine Banning. She she was her she worked for the insurance company, and her job was to get the stolen painting back, so the insurance company didn't have to uh, write a check for a hundred million dollars. So um, okay. if she gets the painting back, she gets a percentage of the value of the painting. You have and a like, really cool um, part of this comic that flashes back to Portugal in like the 70s. Yeah. Is, that, is that based on any part of your life? Or how did, how did that sort of character development come about in the creative process? Uh, good question. Um, uh, she... That's good. You know, when Dean and I, you know, when 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 I was asked to to create something for this British magazine, there was a magazine in Britain um, that they started up called Strip Magazine UK, and um, John Freeman, who was going to be the editor of the magazine, had found me, I guess, on DeviantArt or something, and and we struck up a conversation and. Um, so when I had the ability to create something, um, I sat down with my, my best friend, Dean, uh, who we co-write stuff together and he's my trusted soundboard. So we sat down and I, I kind of told him that I, I the, the other big influence on, on my character is um, Luc Besson's Le Femme Nikita, which okay. came out like in oh, 91. Yeah. <clears throat> I really loved how convincingly tough she was uh but i also loved what a sort of she comes from a really bad past and you know she's trying to remake herself i love the complexity of her character yeah so i i'd i'd, I'd had in my mind for years and years and years that i wanted to do something kind of like that you know so i sat down with dean and i said i these are these two strong female protagonist type characters that I've had mulling around in my head for years. I want to do something with that. So, um, so we just started mulling it over and, and uh, I think I knew that I wanted her to be European. I, I wanted her to, when she, in her teenage years, she, she spends a lot of time running around with a bad gang in Europe getting into trouble and I wanted her to be able to come back to the United States with a clean record so that she could get a job as a police officer and with no record and I knew that if she was in the United States and she's gotten in trouble that that yeah that she'd would be, done. be a slim possibility <laughs> yeah so that kind of made her have had to be sort of international and so I don't know why it's just one of those instinctual things it's just one of those I don't know. It's just one of those things where I'm like, well, we've seen French, you know, characters, whatever. I just wanted to pick something that seemed a little more out of the way. 
seemed a little more interesting, I guess. So nice, nice. That's what my instincts said. Oh, it's totally great. Yeah. And it, in the, um, you really captured the, like the periodness of it, I, I oh, guess. Thanks. Like you really captured the, yeah, the feeling of it, I guess. Yeah. I do, yeah, I do research to, to find, you know, what the cars were of that time period and uh, what things looked like that, at the time so that I got all this, you know, so I made it look correct. Yeah, well, and, and the beards. I wanna just <laughs> shout that out. You got some serious 70s beards here too, I think. Yeah, I look, I've researched that too. I researched <laughs> what people were wearing and dressing and looking like during that time period. Yeah. That was I mean, a big question I had throughout the entire thing. Like, these are all great, compelling characters, and the artwork's fantastic, <laughs> and the story's interesting. But what about the beers in the 70s of his, of, their, of, his, of her parents? And then I scrolled down, like, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> that's the wonder of that's the wonder of the internet you know yeah. you you can look up everything you can find everything it's all there if you're willing to do your research you know if you want to make a comic that's or tell a story accurately and you're willing to do the work you can find what you need to make it authentic we did have a that. question from Twitch um, asking, what are your favorite beards? <laughs> the Fu Manchu, come on. Fu Manchu, okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, although <laughs> I've seen some, um, I've seen some crazy beards lately. I, I saw one, I saw one just recently where I'm trying to remember what it looked like even. <laughs> it was like some guy had hair, he had it on half his head, so his hair half his head was bald okay and then the other half it went from this side he had hair and it went all the way down and then came down and he and he had half over here so half of his head was hair and the other half was bald and i was like all right that's pretty ballsy i gotta hand it to him that's pretty uh i think that's people that's do, something <laughs> people do that for their mug shots that's the that's what they do they uh because they make you turn so uh so when you turn it's clean yeah right when you face yeah. forward it's weird you know but even if you turn sideways if, if you're seeing the side that doesn't have anything you right. can still see the beard over on the other half <laughs> oh but not as much not as much yeah not as much but you yeah. can still see it you know something's going on <laughs> yeah well, but i saw something i saw another one recently that had like beard on this half and then it went up and then there was like a mustache over and, and the mustache went over here. Oh yeah. That's a new thing. Here. That's a new like thing. A S or something. I don't know. But I mean, how can you not applaud uh, the, the guts on somebody to do something like that? I forget what that's called, but it's, that's a new style. Then. Yeah. 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 That's a new one. I don't have the guts to do that. <laughs> it's weird looking. It's weird looking. Of course I can't do any of it. So. Uh, who am I to judge, you know? Yeah. I um, would certainly be an attention getter. So I, you did all the pencils and inking and lettering for this book. Yes, I, I, yeah, and I colored half of it, yes. So so Dean and I co-plot the, the story together. Oh, cool. Um, we, we came up with the characters. We came up with uh, uh, <clears throat> the plot and everything. And then from there... 
I take I take the plot and then I script it and and do all the layouts and then I pencil it and ink it and I do all the lettering and then um, I colored half of this issue uh, and because it takes forever I, I eventually um, trying to because we were getting tight on deadlines for the magazine at the time um, I got John Roush to uh, help me uh, color the other half of it oh, stay okay. on schedule. So, so this went into that British magazine you were talking about. Yeah, I okay. did. I did all. The, so it was like it would be eight chapters, eight pages a month for the magazine. So the twenty-four pages in, in issue one of Recovery Incorporated would have been the the three eight-page chapters. Okay. Um, for the magazine, the first two chapters were were in the first two issues of the magazine, but. Um, they were having the financier of the magazine was a guy from Eastern Europe and they were having big problems. Uh, well, at the time they said they were having big problems getting the money from Eastern Europe to the UK. And so okay. people, so I didn't get paid for anything. So I, <laughs> I pulled um, yeah. the third chapter from being in the third issue of the magazine because I was like well if I'm not going to get paid then I'm not going to let the strip run and then everyone else was having problems and then shortly thereafter the whole thing folded the magazine folded and everything and um, I've since heard that he that the guy who was trying to do this whole thing his name is Evo, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But he's tried to do this in, in uh, a different country, and um, they've all had the same issues. Same thing. Oh. Not getting any money. So I, I don't know what the heck the deal is. But um, <laughs> Just like starting magazines, I guess. <laughs> and then not paying anyone, and the magazine fails. And then, yeah, and then it just fails again. Wow. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's some kind of con artist or I, I, I don't know what the deal is. So, not that, I mean, he just uh, likes content. And <laughs> I mean, he can't, is he making money on the magazines, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's only, if, the, if it's only running for a, f a few issues and then I don't see how he, I don't see how he is. Yeah. I don't understand. I, he has a magazine in his the country where he's from that I think has done quite well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's just honestly doesn't understand the international requirements or needs of having a successful magazine, I, and he's honestly trying and just failing, or if there's some other shenanigans going on. I, I don't know. Yeah, just sucks either way. Yeah, because yeah, it, it puts everybody else through a lot of grief and heartache. You know, John John Freeman, the uh, English gentleman who was hired to edit the magazine and everything, he, he's, he was a very famous and well-known and well-liked editor at Marvel UK. Oh, cool. Um, and he, he has his own website uh, still called Down the Tubes in the UK, and he's the nicest guy in the world, and I'm sure it was just a massive yeah. heartache and pain for him, you know, oh, for I sure. feel for him more than anybody. Interesting, interesting. But we've stayed in touch and have remained friends, and 
I just still to this day, I just, I feel so sorry for what he went through with all that. So do you draw, do you draw other comics too? <clears throat> um, well, I have um, other comics that I've developed over the years. I, okay. I, I, I have written, I have quite a few that I have, um, I have tons of ideas I come up with and most of them are like, eh, whatever. And I put them in a folder that's, you know, the whatever folder. And then I have a few that are really golden ideas. They're really good and they, they won't leave me alone. And I know that they've got a real hook and there's something special. Those I've worked on and I've worked on for years. So I have about eight or nine of those that I've written on a ton and developed and several of them that I've got about a whole first issue done on. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, I was working on a big, the first issue of my big fantasy epic for about uh, several months before I stopped and uh, remembered that I had Recovery Incorporated sitting there completely <laughs> finished and was like, what am I doing? I, you know, <laughs> I, I should just get that out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Recovery Incorporated is the, the first, this is issue one, right? Or part one. Uh, yeah. are, are the other parts coming? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. oh good. Okay. Yeah, I've. Um, this is a four. This is a four-part miniseries, which will be the first story arc of either four or five story arcs. I've sort of plotted out. Okay. I've plotted out like four story arcs, but I think I might put a fifth story arc into it for the whole thing, because <clears throat> I kind of know where I want her whole story to go. Oh, good. Um, good. And so, um, and I like planning ahead like that because I like being able to leave little foreshadows, you know, and hints and clues about where the whole thing's going to go. Uh, I love stories like that, you know, so I like to write stories like that because I love it when you get to like issue 10 or 11 and you get a big awakening moment or a bomb or like wait a minute yeah, yeah that goes back to like issue two you know or something like that so oh, uh, cool. <clears throat> um so i have those plotted out now the first four issues i've i've scripted already they're they're okay. written they're done um i'm doing uh breakdowns for issue two already i've got half of those done already um, the good part about the, the issues two, three, and four is that I'm no longer confined to the eight pages a month format. So I can kind of let the storytelling breathe. So yeah. I think, I think issues two, three, and four will be probably more than 24 pages an issue because I don't, when I script it, I'm really kind of free form in my script. I, I'm, I write, um, yeah, I don't this write is a good in, question. Uh, I don't but... write like in a comic book panel by panel comic book like yeah no i don't i i have the luxury of not doing that since i'm the artist yeah um, <laughs> i just write in a screenplay format okay that makes sense um, to me that makes sense I, I took a couple of years of screenwriting in college and then okay. i took a writing for comics class that was taught by denny o'neill yeah and so uh while i can write in a um panel a one panel comic two. Book type yeah. thing if i have to because I'm the artist and I've done visual storytelling for years, you know, 
I find it easiest for me to just write in a screenplay, screenplay type format uh, where I have a minimal amount of visual direction. You know, I just Can we talk about this for a second because yeah. that's one of the things I'll share my screen so you can see it. But um, that's one of the things that really stands out about your comic is how much like lettering is on the page sometimes. <laughs> that w that particular page is really cram packed with um, lettering because that was me trying to make sure I hit that eight page. Yeah, um, yeah. That eight page limit. <laughs> well, I, I mean, this is like the the big the big text page, but but a lot of yeah. your comic has a lot of dialogue, um, which I think is like uh, comes from you screenwriting this, right? Um, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's great. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, I think all of this text is really cool. It drives the story. Well, the art also kind of drives the story um, and they work really, it, it makes sense now that you do all of this yourself um, because I think working on a team trying to get this much um, text with art in, like there's a lot of panels per page, there's a lot of text per page, um, but they, yeah. for some reason, it didn't take me out of it. Like if other people did oh, that, I, I think I would like be upset. Eric, what do you think about that? But like, I, I think I've seen it where like um, other people have done that much wording and like, it's not working. Do you know what I mean? Or I said, no. Well, I also thought like, because it was clear you did your own inking, I thought the inking actually added to the story. Keegan, do you mind sharing again really quickly? Sure. Um, if you go down to the part where I was referring to as a part where um, you clearly layered the letters uh, the part where she's taking the very fast jets, if you scroll down a fair amount. Oh, the jets, yeah. Yeah, the jets. If you look at the inking of that, it is fantastic. Like um, You mean the, the drawing? The, no, the Oh, the, letter, the, the lettering. lettering. Okay. You keep seeing Scroll inking. down more. Okay. Like here? Yeah, right there. If you look at the lettering, you, yeah. you clearly layered the letters so that it's actually adding to the story. Um... Like, because it's like you clearly see the layer, like good vibrations, like vibrating is the point. So, yeah, I think that yeah. adds a lot to the work. So, that's why I don't think like I didn't mind it so much, is because oftentimes you know when art, like when artists put the wording in such a place, they're like, I didn't want to draw this part. That's why I put the wording here. That was not in this case. It was like I had the words, wordings here because I need to fit it in in my eight page minimal thing. And it, and it didn't take away from the story without added to it and beyond that it's that not like sense. it's not like um sometimes comic book writers might get more obsessed with the show don't tell part of it whereas since i i guess since you're screenwriting you you kind of like okay they're on a plane but like what else could i add here that would make this like a more interesting scene yeah it's just really cool it's like really a well well thought out way of storytelling thanks yeah i try i'm trying very hard to like i i definitely um i love movies and uh i love very cinematic type storytelling and i like to try and bring that to my comic books but at the same time i don't want to just 
try to do a movie, you have to remember that it's a comic book. Yeah. And so you have to use the, uh, the tools that you have as a comic book, mm-hmm. you know, to try and maximize what a comic book is. So I try to find the best ways I can to make it sing as a comic book, um, but also make it feel cinematic at the same time. So to me, um, and that's the best thing about being lucky enough to be able to do it all myself is that I feel like I can try and use all of those tools together to try to make the most immersive experience possible. Um, One of my biggest influences uh, is Barry Windsor Smith, who was another guy that did it all himself. He he, um, wrote his own, you know, he would write and pencil and ink his own stories. Uh, He would even color his own stories. Um, and even though he would have another letterer, he would, it was very uh, implicit about where all his word balloons would go and stuff. And he was very, very effective or still is, I say was, um, he's still around. He's got a new book coming out this year, actually. Uh, oh, cool. He's so good at using word balloons to lead the reader's eye. Yeah through the page and through the panel because Barry was so intelligent. He's so smart at realizing that, you know, as, as an artist, we're so uh, intent and, and so focused on thinking that it's our art that's leading you through the page. But I mean, I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> the, the word <laughs> balloon is what leads you through the page, man. Because yeah. that's your eyes looking for the next balloon to read you know so like your word (laughs) balloon placement is so vitally important for you know where your eye is going um so you know they don't they don't always just need to be like at the top of the you know the panel and everything if you have something that someone says and then there's a piece of action that happens and then you want something they say to happen after the action happens well then you how you put those balloons in there, you need to have the balloon, then the action, and then another balloon because you're gonna read it that way. You're gonna read it from top right to bottom left. And those are so important to how the story reads and flows through a panel. Yeah. You know, and I feel like you, I feel like for me as a storyteller, you gotta use all of those things together to tell the best possible story you know so so like i write in screenplay mode right and then um when i start doing my page layouts i i letter the page when i do my layouts oh okay because i use that as an opportunity to do my final pass at the script I'm totally laughing because this is the opposite of like, so we're more like on the writer's side of, of comic books. Like I started, I did screenwriting and I've, uh, yeah. we can't, we can't draw, but I've, I've recently figured out that my, my comic book scripts get better when I draw it out as a, 
but now you're saying like you let her out <laughs> too. Do you let her out when you're also doing like rough sketches of the characters? No, no, no. Okay. About, when I'm just doing that, I'm just thinking about what the character looks like and feels like, what their attitude. Oh is. no, no. I mean, I mean, on the page, you do you have like rough, uh, like um, stick figures or something? Um, oh yeah, my, oh, my okay. when I'm doing the layouts for the page, um, it's you know it's kind of funny. Like if it's a pretty if it's if it's a pretty simple shot, the setup, my layouts will be. Um, they're pretty rough, but they're they're fairly um, recognizable or, or okay. they're more than a stick figure. But if it's a really complex shot, yeah. uh, they're pretty they're pretty ugly. They're pretty gross because <laughs> I know I know getting all the perspective right and everything is it's gonna take work. So I I do I do just enough that I can <laughs> interpret what the scribbling is on the page. So I come back, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get that later. You know, yeah. it depends on how I feel that day. If I'm feeling really good, like if my, if my, if my brain and my hand are, are working well together <laughs> that day, I, I might noodle in more detail and like really get into it a little bit, but some days that's better than others. Some days my hand and my brain are just really not getting along and then I'll just, <laughs> whatever, you know, I'll keep it really simple. Oh, so yeah. it all depends on the day. <laughs> Where did, where did you learn how to draw? Uh, well, um, it's just something I started doing when I was a little kid. Um, okay. I don't really remember a time that I wasn't doing it. Uh, so I was always doing it. I was always interested in it. Um, because I was, it's funny because for me, the, the, the drawing and the storytelling always went together. Like, I always kind of wanted to tell stories or, or drawing something to me was a way of helping me play back and remember, you know, a cool movie or, or show or something. So it was always a way to me to tap back into a story that I loved. Yeah. So um, Star Wars came out when I was seven and my dad took me to see it on opening day. And um, that really, changed my whole world you know I, I was just like just from the that opening crawl you know you're just so instantly convincingly in that world right, right. I just right. want I just wanted to be in that world like forever you know yeah um yeah. so that really just made everything for me it wanted to be about storytelling I just want to be in worlds like that um so I just was always drawing just to kind of take me away to some imaginary place or whatever. Okay. Uh, so eventually in high school, I got into this commercial art program. Uh, I, I happened to go to a really nice big high school and my high school was the fourth largest high school in the country. Oh yeah. So it was a, we had nice programs that this commercial art class I was in was two hours a day my junior year and three hours a day my senior year. Wow. Um, so it was, wow. And, and our teacher was a, was a, he had been an illustrator for his whole career. And so he was really, we had to actually try out to get in the class. Everyone <laughs> had to bring a portfolio and, and had to go through an interview. And um, so only 24 people were in the uh, junior class and, and then only 12 of those were brought back for the senior year oh, class. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> it was like Ink Master. Yeah. So so I've just been yeah, watching yeah. a lot of Ink Master. It was nothing like Ink Master. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> it's like this old yeah, tattoo, tattoo show. artist. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. yeah. So we, we were taught all kinds of uh, we he, we were taught how to airbrush and okay. um, how to uh, inking and you know with a old school with a brush and um, we were taught how to use gouache paint which is what a lot of the old illustrators used to use um, uh, we were taught how to do printing and all kinds of stuff we were, we were taught basically all the things you would need to be able to basically leave high school and be a freelance illustrator if that's oh, like a college course really yeah yeah it was it was technically part of the um trade program at the school so like okay. future farmers of america and uh auto mechanics program that was that it was technically part of that so oh, cool. it really was to teach you a trade and then I was lucky enough to go to art school after that in New York City. So that was four more years of art training on top of that. Wow, cool. What what school is that? I went to a school of visual arts. Okay. Um, SVA, yeah. SVA in New York City, yeah. Nice. So I had lots, you know, hundreds of hours of figure drawing. and <laughs> Yeah. Um, was it very over. traditional uh, at the time or was it... Um, Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was completely traditional. There were okay. no computers at the school when I was there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I meant like a more like um, uh, contemporary art where there, it's kind oh, of. Oh no, like, no! School of visual arts was awesome. Um, okay. I mean, we actually, I was a uh, cartooning and illustration major. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so I had um, Will Eisner was a teacher of mine for two years. Uh, Joe Orlando, who was a you know, car, uh, comic book artist for DC for years and years. Carmine Infantino, oh, who was cool. famous comic book artist as well. Um, Sal Amendola was one. He he used to draw a lot of Batman stuff in very much in a Neil Adams style. Oh, cool. Um, so there were others. Uh, um, uh, let's see, uh, Klaus Janssen started right after I graduated, and so did Walt Simonson. Okay, he started right after I graduated as well. Uh, actually, it's funny because I wanted to do an independent study with Walt Simonson. Um, I, I did an internship at Marvel Comics, uh, yeah. from 90 in 1990 and 91. I did an internship at Marvel, and so, um, I had access to a lot of uh artist phone numbers and stuff because <laughs> my editor was uh, having me call people and ask where their artwork stuff was a lot of times and like oh, how's it going when are you gonna have stuff in <laughs> stuff like that which was really weird as an intern being asked to call artists and hello yeah that's exactly right you don't know me <laughs> but yeah, yeah. i yeah. work for marvel where's the artwork yeah. Yeah, well, you're behind. <laughs> when are you gonna get stuff in? I know. I, I, it's not really something an intern should be doing, but I, 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 I got asked to do that a few times. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but so anyway, so I, I had Walt Simonson's phone number, uh, and I was like, I, I was like, I want to ask him to do in your senior year at SBA, you could do an independent study with someone. So I was like, 
I'm going to ask Walt Simonson if he'll do an independent study with me. And so I, I screwed up the courage to, to call him, just cold call him, a complete <laughs> stranger, and say, hi, I'm, I'm just nobody from, you know, going to the School of Visual Arts. And I was curious if you'd do an independent study with me. And because uh, I, I was like, what's the worst he could say? No, right? But he actually, he actually said, sure. Um, so uh, I put together this whole thing for the Dean of Students saying that um, this is who I want to do my independent study with. Uh, and he said, yes, whatever. So I submitted it. And then the Dean of Student, the Dean said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you can't do that. It has to be with a teacher at the school. Oh. I was like, what? You didn't say that. Oh, man. So then I had to call Walt back and say, um, they won't let me. And Walt said, oh, that's too bad. Why don't you come on out anyway? So I, I got to go to Walt's house a few times and hang out with him and, and show him my artwork. And he gave me tips and pointers. And Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so I mean, just proof that, I mean, Walt already had a reputation as being, you know, one of the nicest guys in comics, but it's just another story to prove that he is indeed one yeah. of the nicest guys in comics. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and that's then great. the next, the very next year, he started teaching at the school. So I don't know if uh, my little thing <laughs> had anything to do with that or not, but there you well, go. I'm sure that for the Dean's like, Oh, he's willing to help out. I'm just a, you know, a, a D word. So I don't know. I mean, I like to think it had something to do with it, but it, maybe it didn't. I really don't know. Huh. Not me. So, Michael, um, do you have any, do you have an Instagram or Facebook that people could find you on? Yeah, um, my, my public page on Facebook is uh, Facebook at pentacart.public. Okay. Pentacart. Pentacart. Dot. Mm hmm. Public. It's okay. all Pentacart. Everything's Pentacart. Um, my Instagram okay. is Pentacart. And okay. my Twitter, Twitter is Pentacart. Great. Cool. I make, I try to make it as simple as possible. <laughs> and, and can people find your comic somewhere? I mean, people should be reading Recovery Incorporated. It's awesome. Well, right now it's just on Kickstarter. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. And that goes through the 11th. Of uh, February? Of February, yeah. Okay. So we'll make sure to get that out there, Eric. Thank before. you. Yeah. Well, you know, if, um, if <laughs> other things happen uh, and it doesn't, that's okay. You, you do, you, there are certain priorities that must be adhered to. So, you know. No, yeah. I disagree. I think this is more important. <laughs> Uh, he's referring to my uh, yet. I mean, like I'm expecting a child I know, here. I know any, to. any second. Well, our listeners don't though. Yeah, our listeners are going to be like, "Where's the episode?" <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, if you, if you, have, don't if, you me. if your wife goes into labor and you gotta, you know, the child <laughs> comes first. <laughs> Please. Yeah. yeah. As a father. I'm saying, put the <laughs> child first. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm almost done exporting. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there's one, I can see one hand, the baby's one hand, you with the other with the mouse, keyboard, just doing the clicking, clicking, click, click. 
Yeah. Is this will this be your first? Uh first, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, get ready to be really tired for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm there. I'm there. I'm probably not even there, but like I'm already, you know. It's like uh hearing uh Pop Goes the Weasel over and over with no pop right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just wait. It gets better. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to be a zombie for about 6 months or so. Oh no. And then and then when they get old enough to start hearing uh whatever it is. You you won't even know what it is. Like for us it was Baby Shark. <laughs> baby Shark do 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 baby shark do 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 do. I wanted to kill myself so many times. You you don't even know. But they'll, oh, it'll man. be whatever. It'll be whatever the new thing is. You know, I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be something and you'll just be like <gasps> my niece who's a year and a half old listens to two different songs yeah one is baby shark yeah the other is puppy for hanukkah i don't uh, know that which one, is written, <laughs> it was written by uh one of the guys from uh sing Hamilton. it eric sing it no yeah i, I want a puppy for hanukkah it's a rap song i don't know it's a rap song to, oh funny it's a rap song okay that's okay if you don't if you don't sing that, it. yeah I, I thought you might it. know it. I thought you might know it. <laughs> Dave, the new dicks, it. puppy for Hanukkah. That's don't play it. It's okay, Eric. <laughs> That's the song. Okay. Oh, you didn't give us enough of it. Copyright issues. We I don't. Wanted, really... I wanted to get. Oh, that's right. Copyright. <laughs> yeah. issue. I wanted to get into. I wanted to get into my head so I can go sing it to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. Google or YouTube or look at YouTube puppy for, puppy Hanukkah. for Hanukkah. Okay. Yeah. No, my niece is just obsessed with that. So <laughs> yeah. like, and so she doesn't talk too well just yet, but as soon as she can talk, I'm sure for its words are going to be Alexa puppy for Hanukkah. <laughs> Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric, did you have any other questions? Um, just, I always ask this question. Um, any advice for new comic creators? Oh wow, um, that's a that's a big question. Um, <laughs> hmm. Um, new comic creators. I, I here. Okay, I would say uh, Scott McCloud's um, drawing for what is it? Drawing for comics. Uh, I think comics. that's his. Huh. Making comic, creating comic? No. Drawing Scott, for comics? Okay. I think it, I think that was it. It's Scott McCloud. It was his first big book on draw. I think it's, uh, I don't know. I got it somewhere. Under, understanding comics? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I think that's it. Scott McCloud's understanding comics. Or making um, comics, yeah. Yeah, there's oh. two. Making comics, yeah. No, no, understanding. Yeah, understanding yeah. comics. That was, that was his first one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics, um, Will Eisner's um, Sequential Storytelling, mm -hmm. and um, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Those are three essential books for learning how to tell stories in, in the comic book medium. They're all, all three are very different and, and they're all essential reading for learning um, the mechanics of, of visual storytelling. Sorry about that. That's my stupid okay. phone. 
Um, <laughs> Put those your are, phone away, new comic creators. That's another. Those, <laughs> those, those are all essential reading for learning for learning the mechanics of panel to panel storytelling of you know what it means going from from one panel to the next. How how, how um, the time displacement and storytelling and pacing for um, for words and how to use words uh, and um, for drawing, uh, you know, all, all those things are covered, uh, especially like in the uh, How to Draw Comics, the Marvel way, even if you're not a Marvel type person, it covers so many fundamentals about drawing and about perspective, uh, it covers right. all the fundamentals that you need to know uh, for drawing. So that that would be my big biggest advice. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's good advice. Those are three great books for sure. Although I've not, I haven't read Will Eisner's book in a while. I might have done that in high school. But I, yeah, yeah. That, we we just talked about how to draw Marvel, the Marvel. Oh, did one. you? Yeah, yeah, in December we we did oh, this cool. de December drawdown where. Yeah. Uh, we, we all tried to, it was me and Eric and Eric's niece and our, our friend, uh, Andy Buandi, who is a comic book artist, uh, yeah. all, all doing like a little competitive comp competition on drawing comics. Oh, very fun. And, uh, and so each week we used a different like source material. And one of them was how, uh, how to draw comics the Marvel way. Right. Right, Eric. Yep. Yes, yeah. it was. Excellent. That was the first week's one. Um, this is a different niece, not the one half year old. This is uh, she's, I believe, almost sixteen now. I know. Oh, okay. So, I can't sure. say. Wasn't the one listening to uh, "I Want a Puppy for Hanukkah"? I wanna... <laughs> she might be. Yeah, she might be. It's a it's a good song. You got. Or, it's not a good song. I'm just used to it by now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, uh, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Uh, oh, yeah, thanks for having me. We're not it. worthy. I feel like we should yeah. be like, no. we're not worthy. <laughs> Thank no. you so much for, for sharing you your knowledge on beards as well. <laughs> I don't have that much knowledge. <laughs> oh, but we totally, I, know, I totally I really like this comic. Here, here's what I know yeah, it's about It's a fantastic beards. comic. It's a very, very good read. What I Oh, thank you so much. Here's what I know about beards. If, if you let it get too long over here, it uh -huh. starts getting in your mouth when you try to eat. So, corners, so, so keep it trimmed. Keep it trimmed over here. <laughs> <laughs> Party, great wisdom from a great man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I want to. I, I, I can't look, wait I to see the rest of this way. comic. By the way, yeah. I just want to. Yeah, I want to gush a little bit and just say oh. like this was a really a pleasure to read. It was uh, it was exciting and it was interesting. And again, even though there was a ton of text and maybe this is like a, a callback to like before times for comics, mm -hmm. but like it was actually fun to read this much text in a comic because I, oh, I, I don't see that much anymore. I, or, or maybe it's just like my imagination, but but yeah, it had a like great story. So yeah, thanks Thank for you. sharing. Thank you so much, yeah. Um, you know, the, fir the, the first issue, like I said, it's, it's quite dense because we were really you know, cram packed for, I, I was trying to get as much story as I could into eight pages a month. Um, <laughs> the future issues will be, 
there's not going to be suddenly like a shortage of text on the page, but it won't be quite as crammed. The, the, there'll yeah. be a little more breathing room, um, but it'll hopefully have the same feel, but it won't feel like an extra page here and there. quite as yeah. crammed. Yeah. I see what hopefully you mean. Hopefully it'll still, it'll have the same fun and it'll have the same, um, there, there's some, the, the big chasing coming up in issue two, there's some pretty cool stuff we came up with that I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited for people to see. I'm, <laughs> I've been excited for years for people to see it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Well, please come back and promote sure. your second one. Uh, okay. We'd love to talk to you again. Um, and thanks for coming on. Thank yeah, so thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, uh, it's his name is Michael Penick, and the comic is Recovery Inc. Go look for it on Kickstarter immediately. He came up with a great catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. What was although, it? Uh, although it's, I it's like over, your head. over your head. Yeah. <laughs> I like your other one too, though. When the gong gets tough, uh, I quit. I, I, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a good one for the show. I think. <laughs> Uh, cool. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.